everything was going on in this space. It was a bar. So you got somebody playing darts over here. You got people over here playing keynote that don't so know. So nobody paying attention, basically. Ain't nobody paying attention. <laughs> Peace family, Will Roundtree here on the Full-Time CEO Podcast, The Shit They Don't Tell You, where I get to interview entrepreneurs, businessmen, moguls, legends, all that good stuff. But more importantly, right now, I'm sitting in this room with a very good friend of mine, my brother, uh, my brother from another mother, I could probably say. Yes. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, I've actually got an opportunity to see his career manifest right before everyone's eyes. I mean, this individual actually started his career at the comedy clubs out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I, I remember, you know, him doing a lot of local events. Then one day I just see him pop up in a movie. I'm like, <laughs> this man is doing his thing. I mean, he got an opportunity to uh, be on an, a, a national comedy show, uh, Who's Got Jokes, from there is Snowball, to being able to tour the country with some of your favorite comedians across the world. So I'm extremely excited. Very special guest, as I always say, all my guests are special. My good friend, my brother, my partner, Mr. Jay Reed. What's How you up, doing, bro, man? man? Doing good, oh, man. Doing the, good. The staying COVID-free. You know? <laughs> <laughs> staying COVID-free, absolutely, man. Just trying to stay covid yeah, it's, too many, it's definitely trying. Too many variants going <laughs> on, man. It's hard. I, I just heard another one was like Delta, Crummy. They got Opera, Crummy, uh, and Fitch. They got... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they got Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. I know Delta was mad when yeah, that came out. Yeah. They said it. Did we have to call it Delta? <laughs> like, I, I, I think you hurt their business. I'm sure it did. Everybody thought you got the very own when you get on Delta. <laughs> on Delta, man. So, man, definitely appreciate you taking time out your day. I know man, your schedule is extremely busy. Yeah. You've been traveling. You've been, you know, doing a lot of different things, man. But yeah. before we jump into that, you know, uh, who's Jay Reed? You know, I know you're from Las Vegas. You're probably the second person I met that's from here. Yeah, it's not too many of us. <laughs> it's, it's not, not too many. So, yeah, who, I, who is Jay Reed? I'm born and raised fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I'm just a person that just I'm. I love people. Definitely. I love entertaining. I just love to put smiles on people's faces, you know. And I just I've been blessed to make a make a career out of doing right. that, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, um, I I'm a family man. I love my my wife and kids, you know. Just love having a family and just you know the joy of fatherhood. You know, so that's first off, I'm a father first, 100%, 100%. you know, and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a businessman also. I right. love the business of comedy, of entertainment. And, uh, you know, I have a show called Comedy and Cocktails that I produce here in Vegas. And the reason why I produce that is because I want to have, you know, comedy for Las Vegas, a, a place where people can go and enjoy all kinds of comedians, not just white comedians, black comedians, right. but the funniest comedians that you've ever seen. Absolutely. I want to bring that to Vegas, you know, and that's a passion of mine. So. You know, that's why I became the businessman that I am, you know, in the business. So uh, I wear a lot of hats. Absolutely, you know, that's Jay Reed. Jay Reed like wear a lot of hats, and I, and I do it well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think so. So we're definitely gonna touch on all of that, man. Yes. And so let's 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 take it back. Yes. You know, um, you started your career around the age of nineteen, somewhere uh, around nineteen. Uh, okay. Eighteen and a half, going okay. nineteen. Okay. Um, when you were in high school, was that something like you know what? I think I want to be a comedian, or it kind of. 
I, I didn't that that light that light bulb didn't go right. off. But I was always, as I look back, I was always doing stuff okay. as you know, building my career up to become a comedian. Okay. You know, so I used to be a class clown. You know, <laughs> I was about to ask the yearbook you the and all of that. I get the class clown most <laughs> most uh, most person to, to to succeed in life and stuff right. like. I used to get all all those things in right. school because people just loved me. I used to be in a band in high school. What instrument did you play? Uh, I was in a drum line. Okay. I'm a drummer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I played the trumpet. I actually played the trumpet in junior high school, <laughs> right, right. but I actually started playing drums when I was about eight years old in the okay. church. My mother's a pastor. Oh, wow. So I started playing in the church and uh, became a really good drummer. And then I didn't want to play when I got to uh, junior high school. Right. I, I, I love the trumpet also. I used to see that brass. I was like, man, that just it's looks so cool. It's something about the trumpet, man. It it's is. It's a dope instrument. A little three fingers, right, right. three valves. So I started playing. I read music, but drums is just always in my... In, in my DNA, right? So, I mean, because um, we like we like bass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> stuff, You know what I'm saying? So um, I was doing the uh, pet rallies in high school. Okay. You know, what I'm saying on the drum lines, we playing the drums and stuff for the step shows and stuff. So it just became uh, something that I love to do, or one of my hobbies. And I actually kind of took that in my stand-up. Definitely. You know, that's another talent that I have that I'm applying to what I already do. So, okay. Um, you know, it's, it's so it's crazy how sometimes like things that you used to do as a kid can sometimes help you as an adult Absolutely. sometimes, you know, and I feel like that's one of those things with drumming. It's like, you know, now that's another talent that I'm bringing to the world now through mm. stand up and through me entertaining throughout all of these years. It's kind of like how Jamie Foxx has a piano. Exactly. You exactly what a, it is. Yeah. One man yeah. drum line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the dances and all that would be yeah. dope, man. So, uh, so you started your comedy career. What was that first time like on stage? Horrible. <laughs> I got booed off stage my first time. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, so I never forget this. I went to the El Rey Theater in okay. Los Angeles. All it's right. still up to this day, old, old theater, right? right. Uh, at the time, Steve Harvey was on the radio in LA and he had a talent show. Okay. And I got picked to do the talent show. And it's just like Showtime with the Apollo. Right. Oh, so that's, wow. how exact, okay. that's exactly the format, right? So um, they put us in the L Ray Theater. They had, the, they had this one little room. It was, it was no air conditioning. It was just hot. I wore a suit. Cause Steve, I thought Steve was gonna be there that night, but he wasn't. He, he didn't host that night. It was Alex Thomas. Was it one of his suits? No, it, no, it wasn't one of his suits. No, but it was close. It was a big baggy suit. It was damn near one of his suits. But um, I had a new suit on, ready to go. Found out that Steve wasn't even gonna be there. I walked out on stage. I had a joke at the time called the Vaseline joke. And the, the premise of the joke was, ladies, I mean, fellas, have your lady ever said anything to you over the phone and make you want to jerk off? That was a joke. It was a stupid ass joke. But <laughs> so I, I had the best lead on stage, had a little prop, right. and I, I just acted it out. I was right. like, yeah, what did Keisha do? She was at the club door. What? <laughs> Shaking her ass. What? So what did the ass look like? So I'm just doing that while I grab the best lead, right? right? So right. I go there that night, I walk out on stage, give it up for Jay Reed, walk out on stage. With this Vaseline. As soon as I grabbed the mic and said, Hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Boo! I don't know what the hell to do. I, I'm, I'm brand new in comedy. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? So I just started, you know, lashing out at everybody at the crowd. They had this guy that had a t shirt on. He said, Boo. He was the boo man. I didn't know this at the time. He, if he stood up, everybody booed. So sure enough, he got up with that shirt on. Woo! I, my, my confidence is just shot, mm. you know? So I'm walking on stage and Alex Thomas right. pulled me back on stage. Hold on, man, hold on, hold on. 
You brought this this Vaseline on stage. What were you gonna do with this Vaseline? I was like, man, I don't know, man. <laughs> just, I just wanna go back to my my room, man. Get me the fuck up out of here. So he was like, man, please, please. He shifted the crowd. Shh, shh, shh. Everybody, be quiet, be quiet. Please do this Vaseline, Joe. Just let me hear what you was gonna do. Right. Fuck, I don't wanna do this joke. I don't wanna do this joke. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I started doing the joke. Hey, hey, everybody. Um, do you? Fellas, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever, your girl ever said anything to you make you want to jerk off? Right. The dude with the boot shirt on stood up again. That's Martin Lower joke on you so crazy. <laughs> Boo this motherfucker again. Boo. So I got booed twice in one wow. night. So it was one of the worst nights of my life, but it made me stronger as a comedian. I took that as a learning lesson. Mm. And I, I promised myself, I said, from that day forward, I'm going to make sure I'm always prepared on stage make sure I never had this feeling again. Wow. So that's why, you know, when I go on stage, I'm always, you know, calculating, say, okay, if, if I do a joke or something that don't work, I have this joke to follow this joke or whatever, because I never want to have that feeling right, again. Right, right. Man, that, that story is so powerful because, like, I often talk about even just in my journey and even in my book, Full-Time CEO, uh, the shit they don't tell you. Yeah. I've had so many experiences, people call them losses or L's. That's really what defines you and it gives you experience so now you can go to a situation much more prepared. Exactly. And so to hear you say now you already know I'm more calculated with my approach. What do you say to people who everything they do is just about winging it? They don't really, like I often talk about and I said this with another guest before, like just because you can bake cakes don't mean you can have a bakery. Right. You have to actually prepare mm -hmm. and learn how to run a bakery from mm -hmm. understanding business to understanding ingredients, making sure you don't get sued. Like, what's your level of preparation now? I'm always prepared. It's like, I write new jokes all the time, okay. but I know when and where to use them. If I'm doing a theater where these people paid $100 a ticket to do a show, I know I can't go up there trying new jokes out. You know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Right, so right. it's like, I. You know, I might do a show where it's a couple hundred people or whatever. I'm, I'm going to give them jokes that I know that work, know that they're going to have a good time when I say these jokes. But I might throw a little extra, you know, something. I might wing it a little bit just to mm -hmm. see, you know, this is an idea I had. So let's see if this works. And if it's not working, hey, I got something that goes right back. Into, right, right. But that's when I, why I have a, a, ho a show that I host in Vegas because mm -hmm. I can, that, that show right there, I can try yeah, new stuff. It helps you to I can throw, right. it, it helps me be, keep building into my uh, building uh, my arsenal of, right. of jokes is like so now I have so many hundreds of thousands of jokes in my head that I can go to and make the crowd laugh anywhere I go mm -hmm. so you know even in business like you say with the bakery you know you just can't you know if you get a bakery you can't just say well I'm gonna try this cake and see if people <laughs> I'm gonna push it out and, like no you got it's a, it's a process Definitely. of trying things to be be able to get it to a standard where you can give it to someone else right right you know? So going back to, you know, starting in Vegas, you went and did the show in L.A. And, now, you know, you had that experience. Coming back to Vegas, <clears throat> did you immediately start doing local uh, events? Like, how did you, because I would assume Vegas may not have been known for the local black comedy right. circuit back then. So how did you develop your base here in Las Vegas? Um, actually, when I won, so it started out me doing stand-up, starting, starting stand-up here in Vegas. Okay. I started a show of my own called the Grown and Sexy Comedy Show. Okay. I was hosting, just trying, you know, building up my my uh, my skills as a comedian. Okay. And then I got accepted to Who's Got Jokes. I, I auditioned that. for that, and 
crazy. It's crazy that it happened because the season that I got on, which was the fourth and last season, they shot it here in Vegas. So I went to LA to audition, mm -hmm. and I got on. And so they called me like, yeah, the show's gonna be in Vegas. Uh, we we want to get you a ticket. We, they thought I lived in LA. We'll get you a ticket out to Vegas. I'm like, no, 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 I live in Vegas. You don't need to give me a ticket. <laughs> right. Okay, we didn't know that. So, so um, what happened was I got on the show, and it's, the show was uh, a competition where they had a preliminary round. If you win that, you go to the semifinals and the finals of who uh, the last two comedians. And the day I, uh, the day that I was supposed to shoot the semifinal round, my father passed away. Mm. So now I got to deal with adversity now. You know, so my father passed away on that show. And then the semifinal round was, was like two or three days later uh, when we shot it, my father's wake. And then the finals was my father's funeral. Wow. This is just it so happened the way everything just lined up with shooting, all right? So the whole week, man, I'm on an emotional roller coaster trying to get through this. I'm trying to be there for my mom, <clears throat> everything. So I realized that I was in my purpose at one moment that happened, and you can go, you guys can go on YouTube and see this. This is my purpose when I found out my purpose in life was they had a round, they had two rounds that you had to do. So you go out, do your five minute set, then the second round they bring you back and they throw just anything at you. One one uh, taping it was um, like deal or no deal. You just had to pick a case, whatever. I think I saw it. that. Yeah, episode. whatever was in that case, yeah. you had to yeah. do your set on on whatever right. was in that case. That's the topic. So this particular show, they had a wheel of topics. So they had everything. They had Obama, they had uh, hockey, they had basketball, all these different subjects. I spin the wheel, it lands on hockey. And then Obama was like two spaces over and you just see the wheel go coo -coo -coo -coo, right back to Obama. Oh, wow. And I had just wrote this fire ass <laughs> 10 minutes on Obama. Wow. Right? As soon as I saw that that happen, I'm you just you go and look. While you see my face, I'm just like, oh. that was my my father. My father was telling me, man, this is your. I died. Everybody's emotional right now. Everybody's doing this, but I want you to continue to do this show and win this show. That was that moment for me. I was wow. like, my father's with me right now. I gotta go kill this. Went, I did my Obama shit, man. Standing ovation. Right. You see Ray J, like Ray J, one of the, no, one of the, the, uh, judge. judges, one of the judges, man. Yeah. And everybody up on their feet. Wow. Man. And I, so I won the comedy show, Who's Got Jokes. And me winning that show, I got my own 30 minute comedy special on uh, TV One. Okay. So I got that 30 minute comedy special. Bill Bellamy was trying to put a tour together because. He, the, the uh, Who's Got Jokes numbers was off the chain, but right. the network didn't want to bring the show back. Mm. But, the, but the numbers was crazy. So Bill was like, man, you guys, it was me and uh, another comedian named D-Lay. You know okay, D-Lay? Yeah. Um, we had the highest rated season of the whole show. Right. Because of our performance, we had to battle and everything. So I ended up winning. And then, so Bill was like, yo, we're going to put this tour together called the Ladies Night Out Tour. Okay. So we ended up going on the road, doing a, like two years, for like two years. Yeah, Myself, Ali Sadiq, D-Lay, and Bill Bellamy. And then we created this whole big tour. It's like just for the ladies. And I mean, it's just packed for the most finest ladies you ever want to see in your life, you know, right, these right. women. You know, so uh, we did that. Then we shot a Showtime special for it. And it just kind of helped catapult everybody's career. Mm -hmm. So after that, that's when I started back my, my comedy and cocktail show that I once did here in Las Vegas. Right. And that just helped it kind of grow and become much bigger because I built my fan base and I built these other relationships in all these different places where people, they all come to Las Vegas, so they like, hey, Jay, man, they some, 
when you ever, whenever I'm in Vegas, I'm gonna come hang out with you, man. Right. Dude, come to your shows and stuff. So they always fly in, you know, to come see the show and all of that. So you know, I was bringing, you know, my friends, all these different comedians that I've met on the road. You know, they come and just, you know, bless, bless the stage. So it's just a fun time that we have, and that helped me create what I have in Las Vegas. You know, my fan base in Vegas and all the the, the people that support me here it just comes from me grinding. You know, having to go through those things that I did on Who's Got Jokes and people seeing what I went through and how. I persevered over that and you know people people love that you know that's Definitely. a that's a great story it shows that people that you really love what you do and you know people really they they, they understand that no 100 yes. percent, man that that piece you talked about adversity mm-hmm. I, I i don't think people really understand the magnitude of how adversity is really kind of like that cocoon mm-hmm as a butterfly or the, 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 the caterpillar. Yeah. Like you could have easily said, I'm dealing with something personal, call the network. Yeah. Hey, like what, what type now? I, and I would assume this came from your earlier years that led up to that, mm-hmm. but what was your mindset prior to like, was this something you worked on? Was it something you developed? Do you feel you were just naturally mentally a strong person? I think it's certain things that I've been through in my life up to that point. Like, um, I used to see my parents argue all the time okay. and go through certain things. And I went into the military, you know, 18 years old, not knowing anything. My father, he was there, but not really there. Right. You know, he didn't teach me all of the things that I needed to be taught as a man okay. in this world. He, he, did, he didn't show all of that because he was... He was one of those old school hard dudes. I'm not yeah. gonna tell you I love you and all of that. Right. As long as I'm feeding you, you know, putting <laughs> food on the table, whatever, right. I'm doing my job, you know. Right. But I didn't have that type of guidance. But he was there. Like, that he just didn't 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 uh, teach me certain things in my life. So when I went to the military, I got certain uh, hardcore values. They call them the Army values. You know, you have honor, loyalty, selfless service. So those values really stuck with me about life. And you have to have all of these values in life, not just the military, but these are life lessons that I'm being taught. So the military had a lot to do with that. Right. Um, my mo- mother being a pastor, you know, just having that religious background and always being in church and getting little gems that you hear from different pastors, yeah. you know, fellowshipping from p- different people and everything. You hear those older people say certain things that stick, to you, stick with you as a kid. You know, so certain a lot of those a lot of those teachings that I heard in my mother's church that um, that helped me become some, you know, make some of the decisions that I made. You know, when I had to make that decision for my father, I just felt like I I felt like he wanted me to do it. Definitely. You know, and it was weird because now that you made me think about it, it's weird because my father, before he died, he actually he never really came to my shows. Mm. So he actually came to one of my shows that I did. This is probably like three, four months before he actually passed. And he came to my show, and it was like one of the worst shows, shows I had. The <laughs> venue, the air conditioning went out and all that. But he actually sat there when the show started. It was probably like five, six people in the audience. Right. But he sat in the back, and he just watched. And, and he was just like, he was just shaking his head at me like that. And I knew he was proud. He didn't say it. He that didn't say that shit. But, right. but I knew he was proud. <laughs> And so, like, all of that kind of popped in my head when, when I was going through and I was trying to make the decision because I had all of the producers coming up to me. Man, what are you doing? Are you going to, we might have to get an alternate to replace you. Are you going to do the show? Are you oh, going to wow. go be with your family? So I was like, just give me a minute, y'all. I don't know. And I just thought about it. I was like, man, he wouldn't want me to stop this. I talked to my mom about it. He wouldn't want me to stop. He, he wanted me to keep going, right. you know? And I did that. And 
I remember, man, the first time I walked on stage, bro, it was like a weight lifted off of me, man. So, like, it was a high stage and it had like three steps. And it feels like every step that I took to get to that stage, man, it felt like a, a weight lifted off of my shoulder. I went out, I just saw everybody yelling and shit, screaming, man, and I, I was just in the zone. Mm. And that's why and, I tell yeah. people, like, no matter what you go through, you just got to keep going. Because <clears throat> a lot of times that is the defining moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times as well, we have to go through that because that builds character. Yeah. Because how do you handle a massive amount of success if you can't handle it at this level? Because mm -hmm. you're going to still go through stuff up here. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not be to that magnitude, but it's all about and how you handling it. And so with that being said, I, I want to take it back a little bit. The joke writing process. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you know what's a good joke? <laughs> like, do you practice it out on kids? <laughs> do you like, like? See, that's the thing. It's like you can you can practice on your kids. Right, you can practice right, on your right. wife or your mother. Or you be at the family reunions. You can do all of that, but when you get on that stage, all oh, they gonna laugh at it. Right, you know, right, so right. that's the part about the comedy process that I love is because you can't just go on one stage and say this and like, oh yeah, this shit works. No, mm -hmm. you got to go on multiple stages. You got to try it in front of different audiences. You know, different regions of the world. You yeah. know, of the country. You know, because all of these different people think differently, mm -hmm. you know, no, no. And the reference points are different. Right. So I get the joke. Exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. have to see what works. You have to word it different. You got to say, okay, you know, if I do it with people, you know, if, if I'm in New York or something, I'm going to do it this way because the lingo is different. You know, right. I'm going to change some words up or whatever. So you, it's wordplay. You have to be able to manipulate words whenever you need to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's an art, man. It's it really an art. Is. And people, you just have to master the art of it. All right. You know, I mean, speaking in part. front of people is an art form. Mm -hmm. So to be able to I always say the hardest thing to do is make somebody laugh. It is. Because people are wanting you to be unfun. They don't want you to be funny. They're <laughs> right. expecting you not to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy if you think about it. Though. Yeah. It's like a, when you think it's about it. It's a psychological it, right. thing. It's like, like they don't want you to be funny. They don't. They, they, they do, but they don't. Especially if they pay you. That part. If you yeah. pay a hundred dollars for a comedy show for you and your lady, they wait to say boom. You better. Speaking of that, have you ever had a heckler? <laughs> All the time. Oh, yeah, I love I love hecklers though because right, it makes right. me see where I'm at on top of it. I gotta always be on the top of my game. Mm. Where am I at with it? Can I? I'm can, I'm going to mess this heckler up because I have the mic and you don't. So. Have you ever made somebody leave the show? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Dude, this happened what? Probably about a year ago. A lady uh -huh. didn't like what I said. Oh wow! I was talking about Karens or something, man. She was like, <laughs> like, oh my God, you're being so just racist. Because I say Karens, like, really? right? But that's where we in the world today. No, you know? definitely, man. And that's the thing I love about comedy, man, because it really is one of those spaces where no matter what you have going on in your life, you can just kind of let your hair down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I love comedy. I try to attend, you know, and I support your event as often as I can, like. What's that feeling you get when, because I've heard people even say, man, your comedy has changed my life, or yeah. it's helped me to go through what I'm going through. Yeah. What is that feeling like to know that you're touching and even healing people man. all across the world? Man, man um, so when I was doing comedy probably by, about five years, I had this guy come up to me. We was in a little hole-in-the-wall bar, and I was doing some jokes. I, I promoted that show. Okay. And Big Samoan dude comes to me right after I get off stage. He's like, hey, man, Jay, can I holler at you real quick? I, do I got to fight this? <laughs> I go over to the bar. He was like, hey, man, I just want to say thank you. I'm like, thank you? What, what, what are you thanking me for? 
He was like, man, I lost my mother and I lost my, my auntie all in the same week. Wow. And somebody told me to come see you, man, and just kind of feel better and just laugh. Man, you had me laughing so hard, man. Can I just buy you a drink? And say, Thank you. Wow. I was just like, wow, really? And that moment right there, I was like, man, what we do is special. It's like I never take what I do for granted because it's special. We're in a changing life, uh, people's lives business. Absolutely. You know, it's like people come to us for healing because it's a lot of people walking around here wounded right now. Yeah. We don't even know it. We walking past them in the grocery stores. You don't know what that man been through. You yeah. don't know what that woman been through. They wounded right now. They might have just lost their son or their daughter or, their, you know, their loved one. So it's like I never take that for granted, the power that I have of standing on stage, being able to talk about my life in a way of the things that I go through and people relate and it's in, in a funny way and I can help people just relieve stress off their yeah. life. You know, I don't take that for granted at all. <clears throat> right. Yeah. yeah. And so with that even being said, it's like you mentioned changing people's lives. So let's, let's pivot a little bit. Jay Reed, the businessman, mm -hmm. the entrepreneur. And, and, and in the right, that's changing people's lives too because yeah. now you're giving other comics a platform that mm -hmm. they may not have had because of the, the success that you've accomplished. Why was that so important for you to be able to kind of reach back in and, and bring Because some I was out? that comedian. I was that comedian, especially living here in Vegas. It's right. the entertainment capital of the world. So I used to go in all these casinos asking to get on or can I, can I uh, get five minutes and go into these comedy clubs? Can I get five minutes? As a new comedian, they don't know who you are. You right. haven't done anything. They're like, man, get out of here, you know? I don't have a place to work out my jokes. Right. So that's why I created my show. That's why I said, you know, when I first started, I created that grown and sexy comedy show. Right. You know, I created that and I didn't know I was becoming a businessman at that time. I was just in the comedy. I just want to get on stage and perform more. Right. So that turned, that turned me into a businessman because I, I had to learn different things on how to run a comedy show. I had to learn how to make money from the door and all of this and right. food and beverage and all of that, making sure that you know, the, the bar owner's not uh, stealing money from me. So I had to learn <laughs> all that lot. shit. And then I look lot. up like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a business. I'm, I'm a businessman, yeah. you know, when I, once I learned, you know. So um, that led to me being able to do Comedy and Cocktails and why Comedy and Cocktails is, is a successful show here right. in Las Vegas because me being <laughs> through that, me being on the road, going to these different comedy clubs and see how they, they run their business and, you know, how they promote the marketing side of it, you know. A lot. It's a lot, man. I had to learn all of this, and now I can go apply this to my love, my first love. What I wanted to do is bring comedy and and all of these comedians that I love and my friends, bring them to Las Vegas. And hey, man, just just like the Laugh Factory, Chocolate Sundays, man. All, all those right. comedians up there just chilling, hanging out together, man. And then the audience is loving it. They go down there and talk to the to, to the audience mm -hmm. after the shows. I want to bring that here. Exactly. All the celebrities come to Las Vegas. Anyway, like, they yeah. be at my shows and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So. It's like, I want to bring that same atmosphere to Las Vegas because right. that's what's lacking. And, you know, I want, to, I want to make sure that we have that. Definitely. Yeah. Now, what do you say to someone who may, whether they're a comic or just someone in the entertainment industry, looking to transition and pivot to being that businessman? What were some of the things you had to learn early or some things that you may was naive to, but you learned along that process? I would say learn, learn the people who want to support you. Learn what they like. Learn. Um, what you can do better to help serve them. Correct. You know, whatever business it is. If you, like we were talking about earlier, if you're a baker, how can I make a better cake and make my business better to help people out, to, to, to get out to the masses and see that, 
you know, everybody should have my cake. This is a feel good cake. This is a cake made with love. Yeah. And, you know, whatever your, whatever your, your, your passion is, if you, whatever you're passionate about, love it, learn everything that you can about it, about the business side of it and about the, the craft side, side right. of it, how to make the cake, the ingredients that you need and all that. Learn all of that. And it's like the more knowledge that you have, the easier it will be. It's never going to be easy, but it'll, it'll help you out in your business. It'll, 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 it'll take stress out of, out, of, out of your life, you know? So um, I would just say, just learn, learn everything that you can and, and love it as much as you can. Right. That's what I would tell right. you. Has it been an easy road? No, it always not at all. <laughs> with with all surprises, yeah. just on the business side that you like. Damn, I didn't see that coming. I mean, just contracts and stuff, you know, right. just, just you leaving money on the table, people, you know, taking advantage of you in contracts and, you know. Um, it's a cold world It's out a here cold in business, world, man. man. Even, even people that you think got your back in this business really right. don't have your back. You right. know, a lot of friends, the people that you thought was friends turning back on you, you know. So um, that's, that's a part of the game. You right. know, it's never going to be easy losing a friendship or losing a business partner or, <laughs> you know. If you find out somebody's taking money from you, firing that person, or, or you know, that these, everybody has families, and sometimes you get close to yeah. other people's families in this business, so that part of it could be hard. But at the end of the day, you have to know why you, why you got into the business and what you want out of your business, and that's how you gotta make your decision. What's best for me and the business that I created, the, 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 the vision that I have, or what do I, what do I how, how can I make sure that the vision that I have I'm meeting, I'm meeting the goal, my goal of, of, of having that vision and make, and make sure I'm creating that vision for me. Right. What can I do to do that? If this person over here is not right for that vision that I have, then I got to get rid of that person, mm. you know? Right. That's and, just how I look and at and it. And I know that has to be hard because like you said, you get close to people's families yeah. and, and different things and holidays and you spend Absolutely. time at their house and everything like that. Have you ever had comedians or people who want to come and work with you or be a part of that process that you like, nah, fam. <laughs> like, yeah. Have, I mean, you, have you had to start telling people no? Oh, I definitely told a lot of people no, but I always give that person a chance. I always sit down and, and you know, talk to a person right. or, you know, just try to learn certain things about a person because it's like, I don't ever want to just, just come out and just say no, 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 no. Right. When I'm, you know, that's a blessing in disguise that's, you know, probably coming to me to help me in my business or what I'm, whatever right. I'm trying to do, you know, so that person might be a asset to be able to help. So, um, I don't, I, I try to, I try not to do that. Just say, no, 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 no. And just try to hear that person out and see, okay, what's your plan? Okay. You got this. I get people coming to me all the time. Hey, Jay, man, I got this t-shirt business, man. I don't know. Can you wear my t-shirt? So what, what kind of brand is it? Oh, I'm doing this such and that. Oh, that's not, that doesn't, you know, apply with, with what I'm right. doing. So I don't know if I can work with you or, you know, if it's a good idea, like, hey, you know, take my number, whatever, let's sit down and talk. So it's all on how you do it, you know, because you don't want to block your blessing at the same time. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I know that has to be, you know, because it's almost like now you're the OG. Yeah. <laughs> in the game. You've it's been weird, at this for like it's 20 weird. years almost. <laughs> yeah. It's like now, man, like you got all, it's almost like a sense of responsibility. Yeah. You know, and so let's pivot a little bit. Tour life. Yeah. Been on the road for a while. Why are you smiling, man? What are you, hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> what you smiling for, man? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've been on tour for a little yeah. few years myself, but one of the things that tour taught me, because I know sometimes when you're in your own backyard and that's all you know, 
you really don't have a level of appreciation of the value that you may bring. Because mm -hmm. you're seeing people from other cities who never even met you before who will fly to anywhere and come and support you after they come and actually meet you. Yeah. Like, how has that been just to know, like, damn, these people know me in this part of the world amazing, or in this city man. or whatever? Amazing. It's amazing because... Like you said, you don't really get that in your city. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think the reason for that is these people see you all the time. They right. see you at, at your lowest point. You know what I'm saying? So when they see you like make it, and then they, that's when they believe. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people that I that saw me at, at, when I was doing little open mic clubs. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I come support you. Yeah, yeah. And then just not really. <laughs> right. But now that they see that I'm doing you know, stuff on TV and, you know, I'm hanging with this celebrity or that celebrity. They're like, yeah, oh, I'm going to go support you. Yeah, 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 I want to be there. Because they want to see who else going to show up right, now, you know? Right. So you're going to always get those people. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's weird, bro. It's weird. It's like, what do you do at that point, you know? It's like, it's, it's interesting, man. And, and, and I just try to always tell myself, you know, I'm blessed just to even be in a position to reach and touch people outside of my backyard, yeah. you know, and, I, and like you mentioned, just using your voice for whatever that purpose may be, man. But the thing that I really loved about going on tour is just seeing that people on the surface are pretty much the same no matter where you go. Mm. But then you start to see there's different personalities depending on the part of the country you're in. Yeah. Like you say, the same joke you do in L.A., you may not be able to do in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like... What, what has that transition been like? And how do you even like, do you study when you get in a city? Like, what's that process like? Sometimes, even knowing it's like, how it, to change it it's up? like if I go to a new city, I definitely study like what, okay. what this city is known for, you know, whatever. But, street names yeah. and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, but like I go to a lot of like if I go to Miami, I know Miami. Right, so right, right. <laughs> I already know how they rock. So I don't really have to study the, the city like that. But. I still, you know, go hang around, go to the restaurants and just see to get the feel for people. Okay. You know, I might could throw a little something that I saw into my, <laughs> my set that night or whatever. So I'm always out mingling with the people. But, um, but it's interesting what you said. It's like everybody's pretty much the same. And yeah. I realized that when I went to Iraq, I went to uh, entertain the troops in Iraq. Okay. And I'm seeing all these uh, Iraqi people just doing the same thing that we do. Like they just trying to go to work, feed their family and just live the best life that they can live only difference is their religion and their beliefs are different Completely than what different. ours are yeah so but they're they're no different than we are it's just they just look at life a different way because they're raised a certain way right so when i when i went there i realized that man i was just like wow i just got to entertain the world everybody because everybody wants to live a great life a stress-free stress-free life and want to they want to live a life without war and violence and everything but it's just they fight they their culture is, is, is so ingrained in their culture with fighting other people in their, in their country. It's like, damn, like that's what we got to do. But right. we want to live peace in peace, but that's what our rulers are doing. <laughs> right. You know, so um, it's always good. I, I think that's the best education is to travel and learn people and build agree. relationships with other people because it's like that could just take you and show you so many other, other, th other things, you yeah. know. And the relationships that you build. Yeah. I say success. A great part of people's success is the relationships that they build. Yeah. Because it may be a door that somebody can crack open for you that you may not be able to get in by yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not because you've done anything for them. It's just because they've, they've got a chance to see your work ethic. They've seen you overcome adversity. They've seen, 
you know, just you as a person and like, man, I really like Jay. I see he, you know, even when I come to your show, after you, you know, finish your set, you amongst the people. Yeah. You're not in the back, you know, oh, I don't want to take no pictures or nothing like yeah. that. And then I, I wouldn't know if they had a good time when I <laughs> right. going to your, how, be how was the show? A lot of people don't do that type of stuff, yeah. whether it's a comedy show, they're an artist, yeah. they're uh, speaking at an event that they're hosting. And so, no, I think that's important, man. So. With traveling to different cities, you ever said the wrong city name, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, being on the road, being on tour, you drinking and stuff all the time, hanging out, partying, right. doing after parties and stuff. So yeah. it's like, I was, I was in uh, Oklahoma, and I think I said Idaho or something. <laughs> it was some crazy shit. Thank you. Thank you, Idaho. Like, Wait, Idaho, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, man. So. As we're wrapping up, Jay, and again, man, definitely appreciate you taking man, time. Thank you for having me, bro. No, absolutely, man. How do you juggle, you know, the comedy, touring, yeah. running the business, your family, the kids, wife? Like, how, it's how do you hard, juggle bro. that, man? It's hard, bro. Because you got to have a, a great support system. You really 100%, do. Man. Like, my, my wife, she does an amazing job with my kids, you know. <laughs> um, when I'm on the road, she definitely makes sure everything is taken care of. She does a great job with that. And, you know, with business, you know, you got to have people around you. You know, I great, have great, you know, business partners mm -hmm. and, and people around me that help out with certain things that I need with my business. So um, you got to have a good team. You have to. You got to have a team of people. You got to have people that believe in you. And you got you to gotta have a lot of uh, sleepless nights, you know. It's a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of long hours, bro. Definitely, man. You know, so. But if you love it, man, you'll keep going. It's not, it's not work for you. Right. It's not a career. It's, it's it's, damn, this is what I get up and get to do every single day. I'm just right. doing what I love to do. Mm. You, what would you say to someone who's looking to break into the comedy world? Because I know people overall just want to be in entertainment. Yeah. And I'm sure, like I mentioned, you probably get people, whether they're in your DMs, they at your shows, that they say, man, I want to do what you're doing. Everybody thinks they're funny, though. That's the thing. I would, especially at a, <laughs> at a picnic. But after see, a few drinks. People, don't, people don't understand. <laughs> right. They don't understand that it's a difference between making people that know you at a picnic or a barbecue right. at your, your cousin's birthday party. They know who you are. When you try to make people who've never, ever seen you, a complete yeah. stranger, you don't know nothing about their life. You don't know how, how if, you know, their, their culture, the culture, their religion that they come from. You don't know any of that. Right. But you just got to go out there blind and say, hey, I'm going to give you these jokes and let's see if they work. Right. You know, so you got to be able to know that they work. Got to have the confidence and, you know, have to be able to relate to these people and know how to read the audience. It's like, okay, this woman's not laughing at this joke. Let me, okay, this whole side's not laughing at this joke. Let me try this one over there. Okay, so let me talk about my kids. I said this about my kids. So, <laughs> right. oh, they, they gave me a reaction to that. So let me go more on that. And it's a lot so you, all that's processing. Yeah. And people don't realize, like, I'm like three, four, five jokes ahead in my mind right. sometimes. It's like, as I'm saying the joke, I'm th it's, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know how it works, but I'm actually talking and saying a joke. But in my mind, okay, should I go here or should I go there with right. this? Because I don't, oh, no, because if I, if I, do, I could do a callback with this joke. As I'm actually saying one other joke, it's uh -huh. the weirdest thing in the world. I know another thing you're really great at, too, is freestyling on yeah. stage. <laughs> it's like something can happen, mm -hmm. and you'll have a whole set. Yeah. As that happened, <laughs> see, that's not easy to do. I can imagine it's not. But see, I was blessed because when I first started doing stand up, it was at a club called uh, the Comedy Buffet. Okay. And it, everything was going on in this space. It was a bar. So you got somebody playing darts over here, 
You got people over here playing Keno that don't. So know nobody you. paying attention, baby. Ain't nobody paying attention. <laughs> it's a, little, of a small stage over here, no <laughs> chairs. Like everything right, is right. like for people, you know, dancing and everything. They got pool tables over here. They got darts. They got video poker right here. So most people are not even coming for comedy. They just right. coming to have a drink and play some pool or whatever. Right. They don't give a fuck about comedy. <laughs> but we got to do a comedy show. So instead of with, with those type of with those type of shows, you can't just go up there. Okay, guys. So I was walking down the street today, and they not having that. They not right. listening to that. So you got to go talk to them. So for the first ten years of my career, I'm in bars and lounges mm-hmm. like that. You know, talking to people, coming up with jokes off the top of my head, and having to learn how to do that. Right. So it's like now when people see me do it, they're like, "Man, I don't, I can't do that. How the hell you do that?" Yeah, it's, like it's I've been trained to do it. I've seen you, you know? do it many times, man. Yeah, many times. You ever had somebody try to fight you? Yeah, it was a chick actually, a big Samoan chick. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the fucked up part was security. This music was going, and the lady, I'm on stage. While music going, while I'm bugging on stage, this was one of the bars. So I'm talking to the lady. I'm I'm talking to her, and I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just asking. I'm like, you know, Samoan women are big. So I'm like, yo, I never been with like a big Samoan woman. Like, how is that? Like, she she was like mad. And I was I couldn't understand why. Right. So security, the music is going on. Security on top of the speaker. This motherfucker dancing. He don't know nothing going on. He's like, hell yeah, this party popping tonight. He getting it in. I'm about to get my ass whooped by this big ass Samoan girl. He don't even know it, man. <laughs> it was the, it was a crazy ass right, night, bro. Right. I had to get another comedian to calm her down and grab oh, her. She, like she was big, bro. She was like two fifty, like big ass Samoan chick. Wow. Yeah. So I was I was a little nervous that wow. night. Wow. The, 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 your career could have went a little it different. different. Was, was social media around? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That would have, it wasn't. If that would have been a That's world star moment. Snake phone. Oh, okay. The, uh, Nokia with the snake man. on. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if that would have got on world star. Man, that would have been crazy. That <laughs> Comedian got beat up by a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. So for those who are watching, you know, what's next for Jay Reed, man? Man, I got a new comedy special coming out at the end of February. It's called okay. That Don't Go Together. So um, that's coming out. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on Drybar, the Drybar Network. So okay. make sure everybody look out for that. Um, I got some filming stuff that I've been doing that mm. I can't really talk about. Okay. But, Any more uh, movies? Man, I hopefully. Okay. hopefully okay. I actually okay. just wrote a movie, so okay. I'm trying to pitch Definitely, it right now. Man. So Definitely. I got a lot going on, man. Okay. Like, like I said, comedy and cocktails every week, every Wednesday. Um, Puso Roof, Rooftop Night. I'm sorry, they changed the name. It's called oh, wow. Puso. It's called Terrace okay. Rooftop Nightclub now. So y'all do that every Wednesday. Um, so if you guys are in Las Vegas, come check that out, man. And I'm actually gonna be at your uh, show tomorrow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and, and we gotta do something together. Let's you do got it. the comedy and cocktails. I got credit in cocktails. Yeah. We gotta we gotta figure out how we'll to make put it that together, man. how to make that work we'll some that. kind of we'll way, man. Definitely. So, uh, what's that one thing, Jay, that you wish you had have known back then that you know now? Patience. Mm. Patience. It takes patience in this game. Nothing comes overnight. Go a little, go a little deeper with that. Because like, um, we hear that all the time. But what does patience actually look like? See, people don't realize your journey. Like, when you're on a journey, when you're doing it, you know, because the first couple of years, you're going to think that, oh, my God, I just got to do this for a year or two, or whatever, I can make it, and I'll be here in two or three years. I'll be at this level. I'll be here in five years. When actually, you probably won't. It might take 10 years to get to that level that you want. You know, and I thought that it was, I thought that that as a young comedian, you know, because I got on TV early, I'm like, oh shit, I'm ahead of my time. I'm 20 years old. I'm right, on TV right, right now. You know, 
And then I wasn't on TV, then that shit stopped. And then I had to, you know, continue to go do something else on, you know, on the road and go and do my stand-up on the road, live that road life. But I didn't realize, okay, I, I got to take a journey and learn how to be a professional comedian. Mm. I'm not a professional yet. And so that journey of me going on the road, me being able to see the business on the road, me being able to start doing interviews and, you know, have a, uh, a PR person to, you know, put you on these different places to show you how to do different interviews and all of this. It's like I had to learn how to do that. Right. You know, and all of that was a process. All that was years and years and years of growing. And now I know, hey, I got to be patient for, cer for certain wow. things. I have to learn how to do certain things before I get to a level that I want to be at. You know, a lot of people want to be Will Smith, but they don't know all the books that Will Smith read, all of the, the life lessons he had to live in order to become that superstar right. he became. Right. You know, so I think for me, that was that's a, a very, very important thing in any business. You got to be patient. You got to know it's not going to happen overnight. Right. No. And, and the reason I want you to dig in a little bit more into that, because like you say, we hear these cliches and sayings, mindset, patience, attitude. But some people really don't know what that means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't understand that you can be great at something, but it still may take you 10 years mm -hmm. to hit the apex of seeing some success. I often talk about I didn't make money the first six years in my business. You know what I'm saying? And so um, and then you could have success early and then lose it. Yeah. And so now you got to understand, OK, I got to go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, just that patience, man, is, is so key. <clears throat> that personal development, the people you have around you, yeah. all of those things, man. So I definitely appreciate you uh, just sharing your journey, man. Um, I know that, you know, what you're doing is incredible. I got, I've gotten a chance to just see your career up close and personal throughout these years, man. I remember uh, the Strawberry Saturdays yeah. at the uh, poetry events, yeah, man. man. <laughs> and so, I mean, I know I wasn't born and raised in Vegas, but being here over 16 years, man, it's just dope to see someone from the backyard go out and, and, and do the things that you've accomplished, man. So, you know, I want to definitely share and use my platform and just say I'm proud of you, man. Thank definitely you. give you your flowers while you're here, man. And so uh, I definitely appreciate that. So, family, this was the full-time CEO podcast. The shit they don't tell you. Jay Reed told y'all a lot of shit. A lot of shit. I did say a lot <laughs> about what he told you about when he bombed on stage <laughs> twice in one night. And so, man, it, uh, it's always dope when someone can share their level of transparency of their journey. And so, make sure y'all continue to stay locked in. If you have not done so, make sure you like, share, comment. Make sure you uh, go and support my brother Jay Reed. He's coming to a stadium. So stadium, I, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Here. I like it. You're gonna speak that into existence. Stadium near you. You're coming to a stadium near you. Until <laughs> then, family, I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all stay locked in and be on the lookout on who the next guest is. Until then, I will see you at the top. Peace.